You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? We are live. Another episode, Sitting Ringside. Episode 285,000. <laughs> yeah, no. Welcome, everybody, to the show. It is International Fight Week, and we don't have our international brother, Roberto Villa, because he's stuck in traffic, but he will be joining us shortly. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, like Rudy said, this is episode number 179. Uh, we got a great show tonight. Our, our boy across the pond, uh, Emmett Glenn, also will be joining us doing some picks and predictions for UFC 290. Uh, we'll be recapping uh, Abus Magomedov, Sean Strickland, uh, UFC event last week. Uh, I'm going to try to do my best, Roberto, start the show off proper. Uh, there it's is 5, uh, a couple events happening week. this weekend. Uh, uh, LFA try- uh, was at 162 starting on Friday. Uh, I believe there's PFL Europe, right, Mark? Yeah. Listening in a little bit about that with uh, Dan Hardy. I kind of I borrowed Dan Hardy's glasses for this episode. So, uh, but yeah, it's always uh, you know a great time here at Sitting Ringside. We will be breaking down the fights later portion of the show. Eventually, Berto will get on and jump on with us and talk some shit. So uh, glad to be on another Thursday night. So um, yeah, man, let's uh, let's get right to it. I mean, we uh, we did have an event last weekend, uh, UFC Apex. Um, I don't know, man. Like, uh, it was starting off to be like one of the better fight night cards that we've seen in a while. I know Rudy had it scored like a nine at the what middle portion of the main card, Rudy, and then <laughs> it goes south for you, bro. Not really, bro. Maybe, maybe just one fight on the main card, and it wasn't even that bad. Um, I thought it was badass, man. I, I gave this card a freaking nine. I thought it was an excellent card. It could have been a 10, um, but it wasn't. Yeah, well, we kind of lost out on a couple good fights, too. Like, I mean, what? well, there was a lot of last-minute replacements. Like, I guess if we all bet the house on Alba's Brenner, we all would be rich, right? Because that was ridiculous. And uh, I think, what, Jordan Leavitt was scheduled to fight Alvis? Like, he would have got butchered. Right, by and on, honestly, bro, the, for me, I think this this card the uh, the prelims were a little more boring. Um, yeah. We had a sleeper with Romanov versus Ivanov. Yeah, uh, Petrovic versus Carolina. I that fight sucked. Yana Santos versus Carol Rosa. Those three fights really sucked for me. But you know, Kutaladze, Brito, Fakhradine, all of those those are killer. That that made the that whole prelims freaking amazing, dude. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the whole card was badass, except for those three boring ass fights. Yeah, because the Brito fight, like he was, he was another big underdog too, right? Brito, yeah. so if I mean, you had your money on it, was Brenner Brito on the Brazilian side, like he probably fights. came out with some good coin because, yeah, man, like they they showed out and uh, sort of mismatches there because, like, like I said, uh, I think Kudalaji was actually supposed to fight Jordan Leavitt. And Jordan Levy would have just got totally annihilated, right? From oh, he would have gotten yeah. destroyed, bro. He would have gotten destroyed. The Monkey yeah. King, right? Is that what he calls himself? Yeah, the the <laughs> fucking Monkey God, yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, well, starting out the uh, car with heavyweights. I mean, I, I forget how good Alexander Romanov is. Like, he has a great record, and like they just slated him just right out the gate, a heavyweight fight as the first fight of the night, which is strange. UFC doesn't tend to do that. It's usually I guess on the main portion of the card, but um, yeah, I think even off, I don't know. He might've punched his ticket to PFL in a loss, right? Or back to Bellator maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's where where he started. You know what I mean? That's where he started. So, well, I guarantee you wherever he goes, they're going to talk about him getting stabbed in the heart. Of course. That's, you know, that's the big thing. That's like, that's like his thing, bro. That's like, his thing. that's his thing. But, you know, it was disappointing, though, you know what I mean? No, well, you know, the, the 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 fight, it was, uh, I mean, as boring as it was, you know, Romanov just, he just had his way, bro. Um, if that guy really, and he didn't even look like he was fit, you know? That's not yeah. the best we've ever seen Romanov. He seemed, no. he seemed really, really heavy, bro. And I thought that was going to be a problem, and it obviously wasn't, man. He went three full hard rounds, and... Did a lot of good ground and pound, and that's definitely a guy that uh, you got you got to be keep an eye out for again. Um, yeah, yeah, because like you said, the the body or his condition. I mean, he did have some great cardio, and then like I guess he had a lot of things not going right for him outside the cage. So he kind of got to put it together. Even though I was not a guy to just easily you know just get out to get out of there, get out of the cage, and especially in a small cage too, as far as heavyweights. So mm. yeah, starting the card off with that, and then it just kept uh, delivering. You know, what I mean, like the one snoozer. Fight of the night, I guess. I don't know. I'm not hating on the ladies, but the Buena Carolina fight, and then I guess Carol Rosa Santos. Santos is kind of on that somewhat chopping block, I think, too. Like she was on somewhat mm-hmm. of a little streak, but she's like a win loss, win loss. And I think that's like what her second loss in a row. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, third loss, but she's fought Holly Holm. She's fought uh, Eldania. So she, used, she fought the, you know, the top contenders. So. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I have a feeling though she's on the chopping block. We always call that stuff pretty well on here, but um, the fight that everybody will be kind—I don't know—Kevin Lee coming back. He said he didn't uh, like being on the prelims. Uh, Frak, or was it Frak? Uh, yeah, Fakradinov. Fakradinov. That's how I say his name. Okay, yeah, he went in there, and I think him and Kudalazi had a war not long ago. Yep. Kevin Lee went in there, and he just had nothing for him. Uh, I didn't see the fight going that way, but Jesus, man, was Kevin Lee just not ready for that fight? Yeah, and uh, he had he had converted to uh, Islam just for this fight, and after that beating, he converted back to Christianity. One from what I'm told, Mark told me that. <laughs> I didn't say shit. I didn't think it was very funny, but apparently he he thinks no. It's you know, like I want, like you know, I wanted Kevin Lee to lose, but holy shit, did he ever lose? Like. God damn! I didn't. I didn't want him to lose. I just knew he was. Um, well, I, yeah. His his last fight against Diego Sanchez, bro. What it was a decision, right? 
Like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, no, Diego, Diego made it a dog fight, too, and he was mm-hmm. like a one-legged man out there, too, out of shape. And then yeah. that's when Kevin Lee got he suffered an injury. But Diego, man, it does not matter. Like, he could come in there in shape, out of shape, and still make it a dog fight. And that was the last time we seen Kevin Lee coming back in straight into the mix against a killer and kind of seen it in the walkouts. Like, as I seen him walking out, Fakhradinov is just no joke, man. And, I mean, very bad matchup for him to come back in, like, I know he wanted to come back and make a statement, but he made a statement on the wrong side. Bro, I, you know what What really set the tone for this event was the Kuteladze-Elvis Brenner fight. Um, Kuteladze, he was fucking him up, landed a, a killer elbow that just cut this dude open. He walked out with white hair. He, I mean, he walked in with white hair and walked out with red hair um, like, <laughs> my, like my freaking cap. And uh, it, it was an awesome fight, dude, because he was getting his ass handed to him. Um, and he turned that shit around, and that was that for me. That was fight of the night, and it did win fight of the night. Um, hats off to Elvis Brenner. That was one hell of a performance. Uh, Kuteladze just looked like he he couldn't believe what just happened. Elvis Brenner is one bad motherfucker, man. Yeah, he caught him with just like a short shot too. That just, I mean, he was winning the fight. I mean, had it gone to the judges, of course, you know, he would have probably won like a twenty nine, twenty eight. Maybe on all cars, maybe even like a thirty twenty seven. But yeah, I like I like I stepped all away. Up. The, yeah, I stepped away into like the restroom and turned around and seen that he was out. I, I couldn't believe it, but I was like, that dude was one of the biggest underdogs on the card, along with Brito. So, like I said, if you had some money on the Brazilians, should have bet the farm. Someone on, bet on them and made some money that night. Yeah, Brito was uh, money. Th- that was awesome, dude. He, he's brutal, man. Weston Wilson didn't have anything for him. Yeah, I was I just like, was who, who is this? Who is this tall fucking Damian Maya looking motherfucker? No, <laughs> if that's another killer, up and coming guy that's got like forty fights under his belt, and uh, finally got the opportunity to, uh, to fight in the UFC. Very humble, very happy in victory, and he. Did, I, once I seen the guy just walking out like this, is one of those nights where paid a lot of attention to the walkouts and kind of gauge where the fight's going to go. I had a feeling Bruno Ferreira had no shot in this fight, and I did pick. Uh, uh, Neuralston in it, and I think this is a showcase fight for him. He, he kicked off the main card. Um, it was a night of mobs, govs, slobs, except for the main event. And one but, Frenchie. Except Ivanov. Benoit Saint-Denis, man, yeah. that, that was a badass fight. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, yeah. man, he just shut I down doubted, his mob. On I doubted him, and me he too. shut me up. Yeah, me too, bro. Um, that's one guy people need to watch out for he's a bad mm-hmm. motherfucker and then the arian lipsky gato fight that, that was, was kind of a snoozer mm-hmm. wasn't what i expected it's like eh, come on but yeah. Lipsky, you know got the win so help my topology but my topology was still shit that night i didn't place rudy placed third at least and and then we had max griffin all kinds of shit too max griffin and michael morales uh Ooh. Yeah, that was a great fight, bro. Michael Morales, mm. he was really tested in this fight. Hats off to Max Griffin. He had a chance to actually win this fight. Um, yeah, he but did. Morales, you know, picked it up in the third round and it was it was a great fight. I liked that fight. Even yeah, though it was a decision, you know, to went to a decision, it was it was fun, man. It was fun to watch. Yeah, Michael Morales, he needed that fight. He was going to need more grinder uh, matchups, but you talk about a grinder and a guy that the finisher and Max Griffin and Michael would have put it on him, man. He hit him with heavy shots. Griffin, credit to him. Just, yeah, he could take a shot, man. And uh, 
and hang in there and make it a dog fight. But Morales good notching his belt over Griffin. Like yeah. that's a good notching his belt over somebody like Griffin, you know what I mean? Yeah, Morales he's been for a minute. All these guys that won basically were like the new coming, the new breed showcasing their talent. And Morales is definitely one of them. And I've been mm-hmm. high on that kid for a while. Uh, after the Mac Griffin win, the sky's the limit, man. They're going to give him big names. He's going to fight the top guys soon, very soon. So, uh, A guy who is indeed a low-key killer and probably could get a title shot soon, I guess. Can't hate on the guy anymore. Grant Dawson just keeps making easy work of everybody. And Isma Gulov, he's that kind of like just shut me right up. Yeah, Grant, Grant Dawson that always – I yeah. and I always I always um pick against him, bro, and I'm not doing that again. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I, I mean, pick Grant Dawson a lot, but I've gone against him, you know, a couple times, and I went against him this past time, but not anymore. No, nah. I don't care who he's fighting. In a division uh, with loaded with killers, you know, what I mean, he's right there. Like he could chisel his name in against the very top talent. And like I said, Isma Gulov's a guy, he's like a Shavkat, you know, of the 55 mm-hmm. division. Not a guy to easily, you know, I mean, he just got dominated, man. Like Grant Dawson just took him down, did whatever he want, made it look easy. And then in the post fight said, you know, that's not, that's, that's not his top performance. You know what I mean? So the guy made easy work of a very top uh, contender too and a rising star killer. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm very high on Grant Dawson. Fuck around, fight him. It's not going to be an easy one. And he might even fuck around and get a title shot. Yeah, uh, I could see it by the end of the year, early next year, maybe. Yeah, if he wins one more good, good. Yep. I mean, he was on the co-main event here, so I mean, at the top of the the exactly. top of the co-main event spot. So, yeah, he'll, he'll, he's a fight night main event guy from here on out until he you actually give him a does fight night main event by about Novemberish, December. Yeah, I think he does want to get back in there. Maybe he fights, uh, maybe the internet. I'm not Brock Lesnar. The Sydney card or something like that, you know what I mean? Give him a yeah. good fight on the Sydney card. So, but uh, the main event of the evening. Wow. Did, what what would we do without Sean Strickland on the UFC roster? Like the guy just keeps delivering inside the cage on the mic. I'm Joe Rogan. I don't know if you guys heard the podcast, but not yet. Sean Strickland for fucking president. You know what I mean? <laughs> 2024. <laughs> But we can kind of see why he took the fight. I mean, Abus, the UFC have tried to showcase or roll him out there, and uh, Sean Strickland straight up said he's like the money was right. Uh, it was straight pay. It wasn't you know the show and win shit. I think he got a pretty good eight hundred thousand dollars or something like that to fight Abus. Nice. We know Abus didn't get paid. Shit. He probably got paid like a hundred grand or something. But um, I mean, the UFC wanted uh, this guy maybe as a new name, new blood at middleweight, and he had to run into the buzzsaw that's Sean Strickland. And Sean Strickland looked like he improved on the stand-up, man. Different uh, technique. Uh, he looked like he was going for the kill early, kind of pulled back, picked his shots, went in for the kill, and actually put him away. And it looked pretty goddamn easy, right? Yeah, man. He made it look very easy. Like, he looked really good. Yeah, and he you guys haven't good. heard the Joe Rogan podcast with him? It's no. Must hear. And, um yeah, because the post fight, well, honestly, that, well, we'll get to UFC 290, but I don't know if you guys all listen or watch the post- UFC 290 presser. I mean, what a fucking lame ass whack presser with like the same old bullshit questions. Like, it's basically like the UFC, like fanboy. It, you know, they need well, to have the I, I have a question. Like, I have a question for the two Mexican champions. How much <laughs> will it mean to you to win this fight on Saturday night? Yeah. 
that's like, what it was. And I think there was like another numb nut there that referred to uh, what's his name, uh, the guy fighting uh, or and he said Necro Price. He's like, I have a question for Necro Price. What? So it's like, well, yeah. So at least learn how to say his freaking name right. Jesus Christ! It like, got what, bad. What are you I trying mean, to imply? Are you implying that he sleeps with the dead? <laughs> exactly. No, it was just a bunch of starstruck, like, UFC fanboys and then the usual fucking faces that we all hear. I mean, what I'm getting to is the all we needed is Sean. We needed Sean Strickland to come out the back, flap them all beside the side of the head, take the mic, and say, all hmm. you fucking pussies, you need to ask some real questions. Right, Rudy? Or All you pussies, face. I'll tell you what, you need to ask some real fucking questions here because this is all dumb. Yeah. <laughs> And his post-fight press conference was better than this entire UFC 290 presser, I think you could say, right, Rudy? Like, yeah, man. Strick- Sean yeah. Strickland, he's fun to listen to. Yeah. We do need more people in the world that are like Sean Strickland. So He reminds me of Tim Kennedy, almost, for some reason. Like, what? You know, Tim Kennedy used to just say some like outlandish shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But that was a good win for Strickland, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was a really good win for him. Keeps him in the talk for, you know, top contenders. So it's like... Yeah, no, that's what I was like, saying. Son of a bitch. <laughs> what did they do, though? Because I know were, everything's riding on the Drake's Duplessis and Whitaker fight. Like, if somebody comes out unscathed, maybe Whitaker stunts him. He might, in fact, fight easy again. Or what do you guys think? They could just give... I think Strickland could get a shot. Like, I mean, they say it's a dog fight. Like, that's a quick turnaround. Uh, Strickland's down, you know what I mean? He, he'll, he'll take that fight. He's, and then I think there's... Probably some pretty chippy shit that will go on with him and Izzy. You know what I mean? Because that's mm-hmm. genuine. Like they do not like each other. And that uh, should talk would be great between Strickland and, and Izzy. I would love that. Yeah. So I think I mean, depending on what takes place this weekend, DDP Whitaker. I I don't know if they really if the UFC wants to do Whitaker Izzy again in Sydney. I don't know, but it's very proper. You know that Izzy does defend there. Again. Well, I guess if it's Strickland. Yeah, USA, Australia, whatever. Like, it'll be a cool rivalry, and Sean Strickland may go out there and spark him out. Who knows? Crazier shit has happened. Who knows? But, but yeah, overall, the event, though, I don't know. It, it ended up being like a seven for me. Uh, it was 12 fights. Uh, the the main card delivered. There was some good action on the prelims. So I don't know what you guys graded it, Mark. Like, what'd you have it at? Uh, I gave it about an 8.5-ish. No, there's no, there's no halves, bro. There's no halves. Oh, okay, fine. I'll give it a nine then. One of the better fight night cards you've seen in a while, like hashtag UFC Austin, right? Like, oh yeah. So it's kind of hard to top UFC Austin, straight up. But, but that was well the event itself. I mean, at the apex. I mean, we need Sean Strickland. In a full crowd at a presser like today, talking shit and uh, calling everybody out at the media. But didn't you hear it, Rudy, when he called out? Uh, I believe he was referring to Morgan. Like he was like, "Hey, the uh, was it the Porchin guy? Or, you know the guy, the merchant on uh, Star Wars? Yeah, trying to sell the droid. I think he was referring to John Morgan. But like, that's so <laughs> awesome that he just like doesn't know any of the media's name. He's like, "Hey, this guy, he looks like fucking. You know what I mean? So he's he's amazing, man. Like we need more." John Strickland press conferences, even though if he's not fighting, just have him out there, right? <laughs> Sean Strickland for president and vice president. And prime minister of Canada. There you go. Just president of North America. <laughs> or like some somehow he's got to be involved with like the Elon Musk and the Zuckerberg thing or something. You know what I mean? But... Referee. He has to be the ref for that fight. 
but we will get to that too as well in, in the uh well we can actually get to it right now because i don't see rob he better be getting close to his casa because we need our international primo to join us to do the ufc 290 picks and predictions so rudy let's do some outside outside the cage news once again outside the cage news sometimes most of the time a lot of times more interesting than what happens in the cage uh we'll start this off by uh what had happened last night, the, the interaction of the GOAT and Israel Adesanya. Apparently, they're best of homies now. I don't know. Did you guys see that one coming? No. Yes. I didn't see it coming. I did. <laughs> I mean, they're they're two of the best, bro. They're two of the best. Um, I mean, they are the best, you know. They are the best, and yeah. they have similar personalities. It's just a mm-hmm. matter of time. They hang out with each other. You know, they're going to hit it off, bro. And that's what exactly what happened. Yep. And it's International Fight Week. Like, we were t- I mean, I'm pretty sure you're going to bump in just about everybody. And it could have been a, a fight in the middle of a casino, but it ended up being a little uh, sparring match, a little TikTok, whatever they did to put that out there. And uh, It was a tickle fight, pretty, bro. Pretty cool interaction, though. But if um, he comes to Albuquerque, that's no bueno. But then again, at the same time, it's John Jones in Vegas. We don't know what the fuck could happen this weekend, right? Like, that's pyramids in its own, but yeah. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, well, unless you you get caught on video. That's yeah. true. Well, Jones has a pretty good track record of shit like that going south for him in Vegas. So, <laughs> praying for you, Johnny. Don't do anything stupid this weekend. So, uh, but yeah, that was pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, like Rudy said, they're two of the best, man. You know, so fucking ain't like eventually there was talks of them fighting like years ago like the time has passed maybe it could happen at 205 but it's definitely not happening now with jones at heavyweight and he's basically one foot out the door has really nothing left to prove he's got one more fight with stipe which he said and then off to whatever being the mayor of albuquerque who knows right so yeah but uh but continuing with outside the cage news you guys heard about uh Henry Cejudo's withdrawal, right, from the yeah. the card. Yeah. Like, like, he's done, done, right? Do you guys think he's not coming back, right? Or... Uh, I think he's coming back. I think yeah, so, too. Cause, you know what? I think he missed it, and that's why he came back in the first place, and I think he just misses the competition. He's a competitor, so he just wants to compete. Yeah, he looked pretty good, I mean, against Aljo, but, you know, given the three-year layoff and that, like, he didn't seem like the sport, like, passed him by completely. Like, he was competitive. Uh, Aljo is just on a different level, man. Like, Aljo's, I mean, he's fighting somewhat, what did he say, quote-unquote, fighting against his will against Sean O'Malley in August. So that's kind of fucking, that's some fuckery going on with that matchup. So I don't know. I, I don't. I won't believe that fight is happening until it actually happens. Uh, as far as Henry Cejudo, Maybe by the end of the year, but according to Sean O'Malley or on his podcast, they were talking a lot of shit saying he's done. So, um, I don't know. I would like to see that matchup. I mean, Henry against anybody is a pretty damn good fight and a high level matchup. So, but yeah, man. So that card is what that UFC Boston card. So we lost that bout, but Chito Vera's got a, a matchup. And I think, um, what is it? The Corey Sanhagen, Umar, uh, Umaga Madoff that has been coined as the number one contender fight. So whoever wins that fight pretty much deserve i mean yeah especially sanhagen man like sanhagen's a fucking straight killer at 135 and he's taking a guy on that's what unranked right is Ugo- magomedov ranked i don't believe so 
or I don't believe he's top 10. He may be like 15 or so, or maybe even like near the twenties, but Van Hagen's like the dude, you know, so he's just taking on all comers and they've, they've pretty much said, or that I think, uh, San Hagen went on a, a aerial show and said that it's official that they told him it's another contender fight. So, uh, but, uh, moving on outside the cage news, a very interesting topic that happened earlier in the week. Um, I believe who broke the news was it Marcel? Well, we'll have Marcel, big Marcel, joining us next Thursday night. That guy's always breaking the news about fights, crazy shit happening behind the scenes. And I think he did indeed break the news of uh, Alistair Overeem uh, retiring. So we've seen some pretty weird pictures of him recently, where he looked like a lightweight, and talked about it on the show. But here we are a week later, and the Reem has called well, it quits. But has he really called it quits? It's because there's no more horse meat. In the Netherlands, he ate them all. He ate, he it, ate all. it all. Fuck yeah, yes, right <laughs> He ate sea biscuit. <laughs> he ate all the fucking horses in the Netherlands. Yeah, but it's crazy. I mean, Alistair Overeem, God, man, like which? Well, on the topic, we got to pay a little tribute and just kind of reminisce mm-hmm. about Overeem moments. You know, what I mean, we'll get to Robbie Lawler, who's also another legend, who's calling it fight going out on on his shield against. Uh, was it Nico Price? I mean, not, yeah, Nico yep. Price, right? That's what we're fighting. Okay. But Last Alistair Overeem, what, what's your guys' favorite Alistair Overeem memory, though, starting with you, Mark? KO of Brock. <laughs> hey, that was horse meat. Royal that meat the body was beautiful. <laughs> oh, that was just awesome. And the LMFAO video. <laughs> yeah, roided, roided to the absolute gills, but, yeah, that was golden era UFC. They both were. Come on. <laughs> Well, not uh, well. He got the exemption. We know Brock was in there. You know, he was technically clean. You know, uh, you know what? He probably was at that time. Yeah. Well, at that time, see, that's a golden era where like there was that very fine line where you know what I mean, like hey. But when he's when, what the fuck did he change his name to? The Demolition Man. When he changed his name to the Demolition Man, then shit went south mm-hmm. for Alice. When he was just the Reem, then he yep. was Reem and motherfuckers. Uber Reem. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, what was it? The last fight he had, Rico Verhoeven in kickboxing. Um, I mean, the guy's got fucking 61 fights or 63 fights on his nice. fucking professional record. Done it all. So. K-, K-1, Dream. You know, he had that little nice cherry hat for a couple years, you know, with Dream and K-1 and Elite XC and Strike Force where he fought all over, it seemed like. Yeah. Well, there was a streak where he was, I mean, from, yeah, from K-1 on into the UFC, you know, nobody could stop him. Mm-hmm. And then he came in, and uh, who knocked him out? Was it Travis Brown or somebody fucked him up? Or Bigfoot fucked him up? It was Bigfoot Silva. Bigfoot destroyed him. But he was, but Bigfoot was losing that fight. Reem was winning that fight and then got really cocky, and then bam. Yeah. Bigfoot just yeah, that, molly-whopped him. <laughs> molly-whopped him? What the fuck kind of old-timer cuss word is that? <laughs> molly-whopped him. See, and at that wow. time, too, when Overeem came in, when uh, Bigfoot that had that most odd uh, finish of him, but the mm-hmm. fucking like Reem, the UFC was cashing in. They wanted Reem, at, they wanted him to hold the belt, which he never did. In the UFC he held belts, all the other organizations. But my uh, a memory that I have of Overeem is uh, I had the luxury of being at Jackson Week Gym, uh, watching him train. I believe when he was fighting uh, Stipe, and okay. uh, they had it was uh, our Andrew Arlovsky was in the gym. Uh, they were both they both eventually fought, but they had like the curtain up, and like Overeem was real like private about his training sessions, but. Remember, I got to observe his training. I actually did a segment for um, uh, Fight Network about it. And uh, Overeem, they were talking about, you know, taking Stipe down. 
going for the submission. And like, I heard a lot of people saying like, no, that's absolutely not going to happen. What did we remember happened? He almost submitted Stipe. And that was like a, one of the, that uh, fight was a phantom tap. Do you guys remember that fight? Yeah. Where Stipe pretty much tapped. And then they said he didn't tap, gets back to his feet and then he knocks him out. So yeah, I got, but yeah, that, that was the time when, um, yeah, everybody's walking around at Jackson wing gym from, Yair Rodriguez himself to the Ream to Arlovsky to just about anybody, you know what I mean? But yeah, that's yeah, definitely one there. <laughs> yeah. Even like Yoel Romero and like crazy. I've seen a lot of people in that gym, but that was one of my favorite memories. Uh, one of the favorite fights, I guess, I don't know, like the Verdum fight, um, Nganu on the, on the wrong side of the coin when Nganu nearly took his fucking head off. <laughs> but I, the Ream fought the best of the best in the world. And I don't know. I have a feeling he might unretire like Bigfoot Silva next week and, He's bare knuckle no. fighting against Roy Nelson or something, right? My favorite memory of Alistair Overeem was this one, where he's holding the Strike Force K1 and Dream Belts. That was fucking awesome, bro. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, I thought he was gonna they were they he, he would join the the UFC and and get that belt too. Um, one of my all time favorite fighters, bro, Alistair Overeem. Uh, watched him ever since you know the Pride days and. Dude's a badass, bro. Him and his brother. And I think his um his win, still given like what's happened to him in his career since then, is uh the win over Sergey Pavlovich. Because look at Sergey Pavlovich; he's like the top dog at heavyweight. Over and smoked him. You know what I mean? And that's his only loss. But the the Reem days are long. Well, the Reem days are long gone. With the Demolition Man. Probably never again, but there's still that bare knuckles fucking, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I hear that uh, the horses are making a comeback in the Netherlands since he's retired. Yeah, the horse population has actually increased like by 3%. Yeah. Yep, it's returned. <laughs> but uh, speaking of heavyweights and the best in the world to ever do it, Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury, the rumors are swirling that that fight might happen. We know Deontay Wilder uh, and Joshua got the fight date booked for December. So Ngannou's not fighting Wilder. Like, I know, Rudy, you always said that's the fight for him. Does fucking Ngannou and Fury actually do the exhibition or whatever if it's a real deal? What do you guys think? If the money's right, I think anything can happen. And the money's right, that, that'll definitely, it'll definitely sell. I know exactly how it's going to end up. It's uh, it seems like a boring matchup to me, man. Yeah, because remember when the uh, well, that was the first time we seen uh, Ngannou and like they were in talks with the Jones situation, and that fell out. He appeared at Tyson Fury's fight, called him into the ring, and then they've been pretty vocal about uh, Tyson saying that he'd offer them the fight. You know, even if it's a two fight deal, he'll fight him in the ring and then fight him in MMA. But I doubt the MMA thing will happen. But in boxing, yeah, for sure, if the money's right. I would love to see uh, Francis make a shit ton of money, go out there, make it interesting, and it'll sell. I mean, I don't know where the what venue it would be, but it would fucking sell. And what what would be a proper venue, Mark? What do you think for that type of fight? Uh, Wembley Stadium. It would. Yeah, I probably, think it could do. Fury will want it over there. Fury's going to want it over there, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't it see. I wouldn't Wembley. see why not. That would probably be a, a lot better, man. I mean, Ngannou's from. But That's they might want to do right? where Ngannou's from too, though. They might want to maybe do it there to try to bring in the uh, money over there. So, the thrill we'll in Manila. Yeah. 
Yeah, if they do throw in Manila, well, they, I, I think the UK is very proper. Like, I also yeah. heard to, like, I wanted to talk to Emmett about it, but I heard like the UFC London card, it's in a couple weeks. They still have tons of tickets that I haven't sold. And oh. um, when they had that fight night last time with uh, Patty, like, that shit sold out in like a day. So there's something weird going on with like the. Are UFC fights dropping UK out of that scene. card or something, maybe? That could be why it's not selling. Maybe but fights no, are dropping I mean, out. It, well, it's headlined by Tom Aspinall returning. I think Ooh. he's fighting, um, what's his name, Marcin Tibera. Oh, and that's Tom Aspinall's looking like fucking. Yeah, if he, Rudy, I don't know if you have a pit, if you could, if you have seen uh, Aspinall recently, that guy looks like a monster, man. And he's coming back rather quickly off a pretty scary knee injury, but hmm. uh, kind of fucking derailed the hype, too. You know what I mean? So he was a big time draw for the UK. Oh, I'm going to come back. Yeah, but the card itself has not been a big seller. I think uh, Dan Hardy was talking about the same thing. But uh, it's not really like a heavy – I guess Aspinall is a draw there. But maybe it has something to do with, like, Leon not wanting to fight there too because we know Leon Edwards has been sitting on the shelf for a while. He was yeah, supposed to like, Colby, you know, that's not – that fight, we still don't know what the hell's going on with that. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was very strange that the USC London card was still – you know, pretty, like, you can get a ticket. Like, I don't know if they're expensive or what the deal is. There's something up with that. So, UFC's got a situation to handle in the, in the UK, so. They got to figure something out over there. Yeah. And then I think, Mark, you had sent it uh, in the chat, uh, KSI and uh, Tommy Fury, right? When is it, November? Uh, it I believe so, yeah. It's, it's, some, it's within the next few months. Yeah, KSI and Tommy Fury, that's... Uh... Boring. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just gonna it's gonna be a joke. It's gonna be like KSI and uh, Jake. It's Jake, gonna oh. be a joke. It's gonna be a yeah, joke. Tommy's gonna though. probably get knocked out. I think. I honestly think KSI is gonna catch him with a cheap, sh- like a like a quick sucker punch, like a quick little pop. <laughs> Hopefully not an elbow like the last one. Well, the Jake <laughs> Paul and uh, Diaz fight, I still don't believe is happening until it actually happens too. But uh, Tommy Fury. Maybe they him and Jake will run it back again, and it won't be in like where the fuck was it in like Egypt or something last time, or just like some like uh, Is that where it was last time. I thought it was in uh, Abu Dhabi. No, no, not it wasn't in Abu Dhabi. It was in one of them countries. I forget, but it was like in the middle of the desert. But it's like a desert, like fucking Abu Dhabi type town. I forget the name, but Albuquerque. Oh, <laughs> what um. Hmm. Did David freeze up? I think so. He dropped out. Oh. GSP's returning this fall. Oh, yeah. He's at... Uh, t- uh, what What was it again? It's invitational. Yeah. Grappling. So I'm not sure who his opponent's going to be. But since a certain somebody is still in the testing pool, we might see him and Khabib grappling against each other. Maybe that's who he's facing, possibly. Been seeing a lot of GSP lately. I saw him... Um, supposedly yeah. he's training Elon Musk for his upcoming yeah. fight, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Good person to train him though. You know what I mean? But it's going to be good to see him back in action. I don't care who he faces. Just seeing him back in any kind of combat sports going to be interesting. Does he still have it? Has he lost a step? We'll see. But it could be being still in the USADA pool is interesting though, isn't it, Rudy? Uh, not really. I knew he wasn't gone out of it. You know what I mean? Like I knew he was staying it just to you know, just in case he wanted to come back one more time, right? The right fight came back, the right you know, money. No, nothing will make him come back, dude. 
Yeah, that promise to his mom is a promise to his mom, right? Yeah, he's he's not the kind of guy that's gonna gonna go back on on what he he promised to do, man. But I think he's gonna go down as one of the best coaches, though, because he's a pretty damn good cornerman, isn't he? I don't know, man. I don't know. You tell me, Mark. He's been coaching pretty damn good, so it seems like a lot of his partners are pretty damn good. Uh, have a, quite the good win loss record, so we'll see. We had the Hall of Fame induction. Was it today, or was it, or is it tomorrow? It's the tonight. Hall the The Hall of Fame tonight? induction is tonight. Uh, Robbie Lawler will be inducted into the Hall of Fame for his fight against Rory McDonald. Um, well deserved. That was a great fight. Yeah, man. And Robbie Lawler will be making his uh, his final appearance tomorrow night, and we'll we'll talk about that a little more when we mm-hmm. break down the card. Yeah, Jens Pulver's going in the Hall of Fame. Cerrone's going in the Hall of Fame. Wow. <laughs> Those are some interesting names on the who's who of fighting. David, are you with us? Can you hear us? We can't hear you, David. Are you back, David? No. Oh, there he is. I see him. I see him. Just can't hear him. Oh. David's having problems. David, can you hear me? Nah, friggin'. The ultimate fighter, though, Rudy, is just... Team Chandler's just running over Team McGregor. Like, it's you know, just I, I, I haven't watched it, man. I haven't watched Honestly, it. Honestly, I don't blame you. I have, like, I got to rewatch the episodes because I just don't really watch it, like, live. I'll watch it later. And, and just one, once the all, all the, the, the shit the past couple of weeks with Connor and, yeah. um, and then just hearing that he wasn't going to fight Chandler and he's out of the, the testing pool, it just kind of, you know. I'm not really as yeah. I wasn't really as motivated to watch it. It's like eh, whatever, man. I'll watch it. You know later. what? That's fair. I understand that completely. And and now he's up. Team Channel's up six zero now. <laughs> yeah, kind of expected. Well, if it was the other way around, it'd be you know Team Greg would be winning. It's like no. It's like I don't think so. I think it depends on the coach. I don't think it. You know, if McGregor had all the vests, he'd be winning. I, think it's I just don't how the think it, it, it. It's really based on the coach per se man it's just um these are are well-seasoned experienced fighters mm. up against you Some know young that, guns. yeah man and there's a lot more pressure on those i would say those young guns man um because yeah. they they got shit to prove and the one guy was team uh was mcgregor's teammate he was winning his fight up until he lost and next week jason knight finally gets his chance to fight uh, which I believe this might be his uh, last little run to get into the UFC and to have that last run there. But we'll see. You know what I mean? Man, so Roberto's out. David is is dropping in and out. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, Elon Musk and and Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. So honestly, um, have you uh, have you been on that on have you have you been on Mark Zuckerberg's Twitter ripoff threads? No, I'm. I've just seen people starting to join it now. It's fucking stupid, bro. It's it's, it's the greatest thing ever. 
No. <laughs> and the funny thing is he hired a bunch of ex-Twitter uh, employees and pretty much made a clone of Twitter, and it's like a half-assed clone. It sucks, bro. It's just like you're importing all your bullshit from Instagram, and then, you know, it's it's so dumb. It just recommends all sorts of weird bullshit that has nothing to do with me and nothing I'm interested in. It's just ugly and boring. I don't like it, man. I don't like threads. Uh, I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, and the fucked up thing is, if you look at the the terms, like this this app, you're basically giving them access to everything, dude. Your your phone calls, your recordings, your pictures, uh, like oh, everything, everything on your nah, phone. That you can possibly that. Think of. I ain't joining. They're just da- data scraping, man, and um, I don't like no, it, it's man. Basically, um, it's like Edward Nigma, the box in all homes in America. Yeah, they're Pretty trying to much. see your booty hole pics. I, I don't have booty hole pics, bro. I don't know about you. I'm sure you do. No, I don't. Bro, we saw you last week. We saw that mug in your hand. Which one? This one? That one. <laughs> we There you go. Booty, po- booty hole pics confirmed. <laughs> booty, 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 booty. Yeah, no, I uh, did want to talk about that, too. It's great that you brought that up, Rudy, because I heard Mark's about it. Booty hole? I heard lo- no the threads because like yeah apparently that's like they whether they get like thirty three million view or at or users in one night or I don't know that's like the new thing and like it'll be the new thing until it isn't but yeah if it's anything close to like I don't know Twitter Twitter is just an angry place for a bunch of angry people and like the censorship and like whatever like Twitter hasn't been the same since I left Twitter so, <laughs> I love Twitter bro Twitter is the shit. I fucking hate it, but I love but it. But yeah, man. if we're still on outside the cage news, sorry for the tech difficulties. It threw me out. I blame fucking Rob for everything tonight. So Rob, not a real fight fan in traffic, but uh, I do want to mention the return of the great George St. Pierre. I believe he's uh coming back in December, right, Mark? Yeah, yeah. We we talked about that. We just talked yeah. about that when you were gone, bro. Right past Invitational. Yeah, okay, well, that's good, because we did talk about it last time I was on the show. We're thinking GSP's got to come back at some point, like either in Karate Combat or talked about uh, Luke Rockhold or you guys, the show notes from last week. Like, I think Luke Rockhold would be a great fit in um, Karate Combat, but imagine the great George St. Pierre in Karate Combat. It'd be pretty epic. And we also talked about that belt, so, you know that he's, I mean? been, he's been training Elon for his upcoming yeah, fight. Yeah, Oh, it's no joke. Yeah, and 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 he helped uh, Dan Hooker with his hair. Ah, Dan Hooker's trying to channel his Elvis Brenner. That's right. (laughs) Even our boy, well, uh, Tyler King's got a grappling bout too, right? CES coming up too. So Tyler King, yeah. Shout out to TK. Where you at? You're not a real fight fan, TK. You're not right. You're not watching every fight. I'm watching TK's bout. Not a real fight fan because I think it's next week, right? I believe so. Okay. I yeah, GSP, GSP returns. What else? Presser was whack as shit. Uh, what else? Britney Spears slapped by the San Antonio Spurs security guards for trying to get a pick. What? what? I I didn't hear about Wait, that. What? I don't know about that. Talk yeah. about hit me, baby, one more time. She was uh, trying to get Wait, a pick. Uh, the number one pick, uh, Victor uh, Wimbanyama. 
and uh, apparently the Spurs security guards slap series style. Oh, also slap series. Our boy Dorian, look out! And actually, you know what's crazy? That like, well, it is International Fight Week, but I know previously there was like three or four events. Um, they had a Thursday card, a Friday card, but this time around, like, is it just me or is it does not like this International Fight? Are, like, I don't know, the presser kind of, and I mean, I'm not that much more excited about that presser, but I mean, they got the slap series. Nobody, none of the press or the media asked any questions about it. Pretty sure Dana's like a little bit more looking forward to that than the fights. I don't know. What do you guys think? <sighs> I don't know. That's his baby. I can't read you know Dana I mean? anymore, honestly. I can't really read them. Yeah. But slap series should be good though. Each time around, they keep get gets better and better, and everyone's gonna hate until they can't hate no more. So yeah, but um, so yeah, that pressure. I don't know. Rudy watched it and listened. I mean, it was, I don't know, like that just doesn't seem like international fight week. I know the fights are very high level bouts, very meaningful fights, and we will get to that card in just a few. But yeah, it just does not seem like the normal international fight week. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't Maybe it didn't have the right well. the right feel to it, bro. Um. It lost its flavor, kind of like Conor McGregor. Yeah. Oh, he's done, right? Or what did Dana say about the fight? Like they're still trying to like pull the Chandler fight off. I don't know when they're thinking. Well, apparently, Dana happen. can over like kind of veto the whole Usada and not allowing him to fight thing. Well, if they decide, my do cousin that. tells me that Dana White can still allow the fight to happen. I guess they can overdo it. Like, well, it's so, not. It's not going to yeah. be in in Vegas. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, exactly. They do it. Vegas. It's going to be on some. It's got to be. It's got to be in Abu Dhabi, bro. Yeah. That's, oh yeah, Abu Dhabi would allow that shit. Have them yeah, on the card. Have Kamzat on the card. Yeah, they have to. I mean, Kamzat's been out for how long? Kobe's been out. Leon Edwards. Uh, there's quite a few of them, you know what I mean? But yeah, you're right though, Rudy. We've talked about it. It up to a year for, for some of them. Yeah, it's speculating at this point, but it makes sense because Abu Dhabi, when they put on those cards, the sanctioning body, they, they overrule, like they, uh, they are USADA, you know what I mean? There. So it's like, whatever. That's why you see Chimaya fight on those cards. And I think that's kind of why you've seen Connor fight, uh, over there previously when he fought mm-hmm. Poirier. You know what I mean? So if it happens like that again, I will not be shocked because fuck it, like you said, Mark, let Chandler juice up too because fuck it, you know, like, let's go. Like, I'm down for that shit. Damn right. But I'm down for Chemayev against uh, Israel Adesanya. That shit needs to happen in uh, Sydney. I want to see, see you juiced up Vitor versus uh, versus Conor McGregor in Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah. yeah. When When is he boxing again too? Because he fucking, that guy in boxing, he's another... I don't know. If he has that cross shaved into his head. Probably this fall. Well, speaking of boxing, too, we totally forgot, Mark. We were talking before we went live. Jose Aldo is officially, what, 3-0 and 1 yeah. in boxing. Yeah. 3-0 and the guy, who was, the guy he was fighting shot a takedown on him. I don't know if you guys seen it. <laughs> no, he was I watching Brawl for All beforehand. That's why. He thought it was Brawl for All from back in the 90s. <laughs> Trying to get those extra points for the takedowns. I'm hoping for uh, Floyd against Aldo because get Aldo paid. You know what I mean? Like fuck the oh, guy. Yeah. I want Aldo to get paid. Yeah, Aldo Mayweather has to happen. I don't care if it's an exhibition; it does not matter because like uh, Floyd's going to keep fighting these exhibition fights. But he gets so paid all the time. He gets paid royalties for all his music. 
and Floyd's guaranteed money anyways. Like he's guaranteed to get paid no matter what for those fights. So yeah, and, they and so is Jaw Rule. Yeah. <laughs> but the Gotti fights at the Saitama Arena—that's what kind of crazy Twilight Zone shit we got going. The rematch will be at Saitama. There'll probably be yeah. like sixty thousand people there, and uh, Floyd will probably throw uh, a bouquet of roses at Gotti, and a fight will break out. Yeah, right. I don't know. That's just where we're at, boys. And I mean, talk about Twilight Zone or just entering like the realm of unknown in combat sports. We're just making up the history as we go along. And we're all for it. Fuck it. Elon Musk has to fight soon. Otherwise, I'm going to stop watching all the combat sports. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> well,. From fights that may in fact happen, that fights that, I mean, who knows? Like, I don't know, Nate Diaz is coming up, but next month that fight's sneaking up on us. There is some good fights. The UFC last week card delivered for a fight night. It is International Fight Week. UFC 290, we will get to that now. I guess Berto's still stuck in traffic, so. Let's beforehand, Yair's custom belt. Let's Have you all seen that? No. no. Oh, yeah, legit. Nice. And they might just start going that route, too. Like, give Connor the million-dollar belt, too. He could defend that, right? The uh-huh. Ted DiBiase belt. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, UFC 290, uh, back at the T-Mobile Arena. Uh, prelims are on ABC, slated for 14 bouts. What uh, do you score the fight poster? Part. Oh, yeah, the poster is legit. I like it. Hmm. i give it a nine. Yeah, it's like an eight or a nine. They did good on this one, but hmm. they failed at the press conference, though. So, yeah, I definitely give this one an eight. I think I think it could have been a little better, man. It's just, but I think like, what, what did they expect though? I mean, like, Marino's one of the nicest guys in the game. Yair doesn't talk shit. Volk's not a shit talker. Pantoja totally fucking is not going to say shit. You know what I mean? So. Eh. That's why you, uh, that's why you you get reporters to to go in there and, and start some shit. I'd be like, hey, did you hear what uh, Volkanovski said about your mom be- backstage, bro? Yeah. <laughs> did you hear that shit? He called her a sheep fucker. Whoa. <laughs> it was sad though that the pound for pound king only got two questions from the media, and like all those other dorks were just asking stupid questions. So. Oh, like yeah. they, like the guy that the, that's fighting Bo Nickel. They they asked him a couple questions and. That dude oh, is just yeah. like a box of rocks. Yeah, he's done. He's a dead man walking anyway, but he got paid. Dana White loves guys that just they're like, okay, we're showcasing Bo. And he was going to smoke Treshawn Gordon too, you know what I mean? But this guy, it's a total mismatch, you know what I mean, for sure. Like Bo Nickel does have a lot of pressure on him because he's such a big underdog and the biggest underdog in UFC history. I don't think it's right, though, because like, what if he doesn't finish him in like 30 seconds then what that the hype is not real and then it's a guy that make a short notice uh, debut i don't know man the gore fight wasn't too impressive either right Rudy? no not at all man um i want to see a bigger step in competition if you're saying this kid is the future then let's see him fight some bigger names let's see him fight sean strickland no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you, you want to start from the bottom Start from the bottom, yeah, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Kirk. Yeah, we're starting from the bottom. Now we're here, UFC 290. Uh, heavy 
Well, it's a heavy Aussie card as well as some Mexican fighters. So it's got lots of international fighters. I mean, there's got with a Japanese fighter, Sweden. Uh, yeah, but it's dominated by uh, the Aussie guys, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Because then you got Robbie Lawler, Nico Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We've got a couple of South Africans. Well, the only true South African is DDP, right? But starting from the main, well, geez, Esteban Rebovics is 141 at lightweight against Camilla Kirk. Yeah, this fight, I don't, I mean, out of the realm of relevancy, I don't know. Um, I don't got a good read on it. Uh, what are the odds, though, Rudy? So this fight, uh, Kamwella, I don't like that name, Kamwella Kirk, <laughs> Plus, he's a plus 120 underdog. Minus one forty five favorite for Esteban Rebovic. Um Yeah, man, there's there's I guess there's a lot of hype with uh Rebovic, man. He did lose his uh UFC debut against Loik Radzabov, unanimous decision. Um and Kirk has been in the UFC uh what, for two years now. He won his, his debut and, and then he lost to Damon Jackson in a submission arm triangle choke about mm. a year ago yeah he's a featherweight moving to lightweight so that's not a good sign right there i don't think i'm gonna pick him i'm going Rebovix, you know yeah i so, can't really go with kirk at all i can't well, yeah it's a, i don't, I don't gotta yeah yeah can't do it but yeah the odds are well I don't know. To start the fight, the card off, this fight better, like, really kick, some, kick things off. You know what I mean? For the first fight of the night, then we get our first Mexican fighter, uh, Jesus Aguilar, against Aussie fighter Shannon Ross, uh, 125ers. Shannon Ross came from the White Contender Series, right? Yeah. He came from the Contender Series. Uh, he lost in the Contender Series against Venetia Salvador. And then he made his uh, debut against Clayton Rodriguez and lost that about four months ago. Hmm. So, yeah. He's got a lot of canceled fights, too. So, um, yeah, it's kind of – he hasn't been as active. Uh, what's his name? Aguilar had a fight with the killer in Tara and got submitted. So, uh, let's say I'm going Jesus Aguilar. The odds definitely got to be in his favor. I say he smokes Shannon Ross. Yeah, it opened up – he was a 215 – Moderate favorite, plus 175 underdog for Shannon Ross. Right now, he's a plus 123 underdog and a minus 145 favorite, so it's getting a little a little tighter. But, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely going to go with Santos, uh, Jesus Santos Aguilar. Yeah. Jesus. For all three. Moving on, though card we do have the other south african fighter like rudy referred to cameron simon who is a killer against terrence mm-hmm. mitchell and i believe terrence mitchell is a replacement opponent right yeah he's a short notice opponent yeah he's supposed to fight a c-rod which is a great um what do you call it prospect killer matchup with uh, cameron simon but I don't know, man. Terrence Mitchell's got some good wins. Great record. He's one of those Alaskan fighters that it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard to get a read on this fight, though. I can't really pick against Cameron Simon. Uh, Terrence Mitchell may, in fact, go in there and show out and make a fantastic debut and, uh, you know, take that, that O, you know what I mean, from Simon. But 
Yeah, the C-Rod fight was super legit. That sucks that that, uh, that fight dropped out. Yeah. The, so, yeah, Simon, uh, he's a minus 550 favorite, plus 410 underdog for Mitchell Terrence. Uh, it, he opened up at a minus 480 heavy favorite and a plus 350 mm-hmm. underdog for Mitchell. Uh, so these this, these odds are widening, you know, closer they get. I'm, I'm definitely going with Cameron Samen. I, I don't think Mitchell Terrence stands a chance. Yeah, Mark. Samen. Semen? Did you just say semen, bro? I said semen. I heard you say semen. I said semen. I didn't say semen. I said you, semen. That's when you're supposed to pull out the cup. I heard you say semen, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and Simon's one of those guys from the Contender Series. And being that only 8-0, ranked in the top 50 in the world, according to Tapology, um, <clears throat> pretty solid, man. So I think he's coming in here with a lot of hype. And he can't really drop this fight to Mitchell. But Mitchell, uh, Dana White loves the guy. They're taking these short-notice bouts. And um, he may, in fact, go in there and make it a dog fight. But Cameron Simon all the way, for sure. Uh, moving on on the prelims, uh, 205 action. Vitor Petrino versus Marcin Procrino. Procneo. Procneo, sorry. Yeah, Petrino <clears throat> is uh, ranked... 52 at light heavyweight and uh, Marcin Procneo number 35 somewhat in the realm of relevancy at 205 but Petrino undefeated Procneo uh, has got some got some decent bouts in, in the UFC but I think he's what on a loss streak right Rudy? Or? No he, he won his last fight against William Knight his unanimous decision three months ago before that he lost to Felipe Linz in a unanimous decision and he had a two fight win streak before that Oh yeah, and no, he, he lost to, to our boy Slow Mike Rodriguez and Sam Alvey because that's the thing I remember him from where he, where he had a bad run and then like the UFC kept him, so he's back on track with a win. But coming in here against Petrino, I don't know. This has got to be somewhat of a close pick'em's fight in the odds, right? Or what do you see, Rudy? Uh, minus two seventy-five, moderate favorite for Petrino. Pragnio is a plus two twenty underdog, and it, not much has changed. Minus two sixty favorite. Pracknell's plus two ten underdog, so not really much has changed on that. Um, I'm definitely going Victor Vitor Petrino. Anybody with the name Vitor is and Brazilian, you know they're yeah. gonna, they're going to bring some heat, bro. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. And um, yeah, because I mean, shit, Pracknell, I, I, it's tough to pick that guy. I think I've had a terrible track record. I'm looking at topology of picking that guy's fights. So based on that alone, like you said, Rudy Vitor from Brazil. Yeah, let's go Petrino. This is going to be an excellent card to make some money, man, because there's some for sure fights that, I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Cameron Simon is one of them, I think. Um, the Vitor Petrino, I, I think that one's that one's a definitely locked. The next fight that we're going to talk about, Edgar Chaitas versus Tatsuro Taita, that's definitely mm-hmm. a lock. Those odds are, are pretty insane. Taita opened up at a minus 910. Huge favorite, plus 600, huge underdog for Edgar Chaidez. Um, 13-0, Tatsuro Taira. I mean, this kid, is he's phenomenal, bro. Um, the odds have kind of widened. Tatsuro Taira is a minus 1,000 favorite, yeah. plus wow. 625 underdog for Edgar Chaidez. And that's not even the most insane odds on this card. Yeah, you um, got the Bo Nickel. That's like twenty seven hundred favorite or something. No, that, this is the yeah that fight. That's the first uh, 
UFC fight ever where a fighter is opens up at a minus twenty five hundred favorite. Not even Cyborg could pull that off in her day, you know. But I, I'm definitely going Tatsuro Taita. I think he's gonna, you know, his his submission game, his ground game is just levels, bro. Levels beyond Chaitas. Chaitas is he's a, he's a good he's got good hands, but um, mm. yeah, I think he need a little more than good hands to to finish this guy. Once Tat, Tatsuro grabs him, it's it's over. Yeah, and I think uh, well. China's got his nickname is the pit bull and I think he's got a pit bull tattooed on him. It's kind of hard to count a guy out like that. And he's from Mexico on international fight week, but yeah, Tyra for sure. Like it'd be really crazy if he gets smoked too. Like if he gets ran through oddly by China's like, I'm pretty sure Rob, if he was here, Rob would be picking China's right. Probably. But it's flyweight, and uh, I think the fight actually is at a catchweight. But it's they're both flyweight fighters, but they're fighting at one thirty. But okay. uh, yeah, Tyra Tyra's cracks the top ten, or he's right on the cusp. So he's got to go out there and, and showcase a, a good win uh, against a tough Mexican fighter. So yeah, I'm going Tyra too as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the prelims, this is a rematch, a quick turnaround for Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Menafield. The last fight was a draw. The Mark special. And both these guys are well. This fight is super necessary. You know what I mean? Like it's cool that they agreed to run it back because last time, what Menafield fucked up, it was like a low blow or something. They took a point. He was winning the fight. Uh, Jimmy Crute had some uh, great ground and pound. Uh, got some uh, good takedowns on him. And Menafield's a G man, always in good shape. Um, yeah. This fight indeed will. Wow, man, it's such a close pickup fight. I don't know. It's it's a coin flipper. I I probably another go Jimmy draw. Crute. Yeah, if it goes another draw, then fuck. I, I don't think so, it. man. No, I, don't, I don't think I it's going to be a draw. Gonna take this one. I think Crute's going to get it by split decision. If he you're going you're gonna, to do the whole the whole old Tommy D? He's due? No. If Crute comes out there without the mullet, I haven't seen him for the fight week. Without a mullet, I'm picking him. But if he has a mullet, Menafield. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going with Alonzo Menafield, man. Um, he was on a two-fight win streak. When they he took this fight against Jimmy Crute and it was a majority decision, Jimmy Crute was on a two fight losing streak against some hitters. Uh, I think he's a bit chinny. Um, I don't think his chin's going to stand up, you know, to this test come Saturday night. Uh, I think Lonzo's going to put him out, man, cold first round KO. And the no odds contest. are, yeah, the odds are minus one hundred five. Uh, for Menafield, minus 115 for Jimmy Crute. That's when it opened up. Right now, we got Jimmy Crute kind of taking the lead, minus 130 favorite. Alonzo, Alonzo Menafield's a minus 109 underdog. Um, I'm going with, definitely going with Alonzo Menafield. And I think, well, yeah, because both fighters, they kind of they know each other pretty well. Uh, Menafield does have probably the power advantage on the feet. Crute, if he gets the takedowns, he could be devastating there, so fight could change. I see it going everywhere, uh, but yeah, Menafield. I go Menafield decision, close decision. So, um, moving on, uh, women's strawweight uh, Yasmin Jaragui, previously with Combate Global, has been had a nice little run in the UFC. Still undefeated at ten and zero against Denise Gomez, Brazilian, ranked number thirty three, and uh, Jasmine's at eighteen. Uh, lots of hype behind Jasmine, Mexican fighter. 
Um, pretty, I, base, I, I think the placement on the card is very proper. I don't think this fight will disappoint. Um, Odds-wise, I don't know, Reed. It's, it's got to be a close, right? No, point. no, not close at all, man. Minus 420 uh, opening for heavy Yadmin. favorite for Yasmin Yauregui. Um, Denise Gomez was a plus 320 underdog as of right now. It looks like Yaregui's a minus 400 and Denise Gum is a plus 300 underdog. So it doesn't, yeah, it looks like it's getting a little tighter, but it's not going to change much. Yeah, no, never mind. She runs away with it, Yasmin. Better competition, mm-hmm. oh, uh, previous yeah. champion in combate. I know Rob, I'm picking for Rob and me, Yasmin. Yeah. Submission or so, I mean, because she's dangerous. So, but the Gomez. Yeah, that's those odds are yeah they're they're necessary, man. But um, Yasmin's got lots of hype, and we need, do need a fresh contender at women's strawweight, and she may in fact beat yeah. a couple wins. So, um, moving on the prelims, man, I'm so goddamn bummed that we ain't getting the Jack Madalena and uh, what he was supposed to the replacement didn't they offer him um, Kyle Barella, right or. And then he, I guess that fight didn't, they, they didn't want to, like the money wasn't right or something, but he was supposed to fight Sean Brady. So Jack Madalena Madalena has been training for Sean Brady, and I don't think at all Josiah Harrell is ready for what shit that Jack Della Madalena is Oh, bring. hell no, bro. And I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that the odds aren't, aren't, aren't bigger. You know, Jack Della Madalena opened up at a huge favorite, minus 1,115. <laughs> Josiah Harrell's a minus 650 huge underdog. Uh, as of right now, eh, it's got a little tighter. Minus 1,000 favorite. Josiah Harrell's a, min- a plus 600 underdog. No way in hell Josiah Harrell wins this fight. This is another definite lock. Um, I mean, you could do you could do a couple of parlays, man, with some of these fights, and you'll win some money because there these there's a hundred percent guarantees on this on this card, man. Yeah, because the opportunity was right there for Jack to make a big statement against Sean Brady, where Sean Brady was like the next up and coming star and possible like title contender. But I, I do indeed Jack, I do believe Jack Dallamadalena is like a fight or two out of like you know being in t- t- title talks, and the Sean Brady fight would put him there. Um, Josiah Harrell, no disrespect, man, but you're, he's going to get smoked bad. And Dallamadalena, I don't know who they give him next because like. Maybe they, they try to rerun the Brady fight, but he's going to fight nothing but big names. I see him fighting the Shavkats. I see him fighting the, what, he's already, who did he fuck up last time? Neil Magny, right? I mean, not Neil Magny. Um, who did he beat, right? Rudy's last fight? Who are we talking here? Jack Della? He, yeah, easily. He, his last oh, fight. yeah. It was, uh, it was um, Magny's doppelganger, uh, Randy Brown. <laughs> oh, no, no. Randy Brown talked a lot of shit and he got worked. Like, no one had ever destroyed him that way, but. Yeah, I do believe Jack gets like, fuck it, give him the title shot, Madalena, in a win. Leon Edwards and Jack Dallas Madalena, who wins? <laughs> Leon. But, yeah, no, nah, Jack might. You never know. You know, just throw him out there. In Wales, old Smush knows himself. Yeah, I just want him Didn't to win to- so he could finally get surgery to fix his damn nose. <laughs> <laughs> Give uh, Jack Delamedalena uh, Chemayev. Make Chemayev cut to 170 one more time. No, let's go. Well, yeah, let's go Jack, man. Let's see that guy competing. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to showcase a fucking killer finish. He always does. So, 
Um, but speaking of finishes, made an entire career of it. Uh, super mm-hmm. legend of the game. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Fighting uh, yeah. Nico Price, and I guess, man, that's a, one hell of a guy to go out on your final fight. But yeah. Nico, Price, Nico Price is a wild man. And I mean, Robbie Lawler, he, what has he been fighting like once a year? And he pretty much fights like on these cards, like the international fight week. So, yeah. but yeah, man, um, speaking of one legend, earlier we talked about the Reem. We'll talk about Robbie Lawler and like what is damn what's a I mean shit dude it's unbelievable that he's never attempted one submission his entire career fun fact yeah he's fought the who's who too of MMA you know what I mean like Strike Force and UFC you know wherever he's went he's fought everyone you know like he came in you know as a teenager and was fighting grown ass men and whooping their asses you know what I mean. 19 years old with hair. Yeah. Robbie Long with hair was a killer. Yeah. The Such resurgence. a rare thing to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Part of that team Milicic, you know what I mean? Like, look who his teammates were back then. Jens, a current, you know, someone who else went in the Hall of Fame tonight. Matt Hughes. Hmm. Jim Sylvia, you know what I mean? Like, all of them. No, Robbie's definitely a part of that old breed that golden era you know what i mean and like the story or what, what happened in his career the way the way it played out i mean his resurgence and uh you know taking that title the fights with johnny hendrix one of my favorite fights when he fought carlos condit super close fight i still believe carlos won the fight and i remembered uh talking to carlos uh, afterwards and um him describing the fight like as he he was in you know i felt like he was like in the ocean or like waves kept coming and he was drowning and just winging punches and course carlos condit one of the best chins in the game robbie mm-hmm. Lawler, of course. Yeah. so that fight was probably one of the more epic bouts uh in welterweight history along of course with the fight that's going into the hall of fame uh epic fight with rory red king yeah. and unbelievable man like if you're if you're call yourself a real fight fan and you don't remember that fight even if you weren't a fight fan at that time like jesus like ridiculous and Special, that was probably more- bobby volkner was a good one too that was a, that was like a long time ago. But that was a good one. That head kick finish was a good one. Even the Barbarina fight, even though we lost that fight, that was still a good ass fight. And I think this fight with Nico Price too, like he's gonna have to, uh, Nico's gonna have to get in there and make it ugly, just like uh, Barbarina did. Because Barbarina is probably one of the better guys, like in the in the cl- in the phone booth. You know what I mean? And Robbie loves those fights, those gun gun blazer fights mm-hmm. in the phone booth. Even on uh, fighting backwards, Robbie Lawler is always dangerous off the back foot but uh just amazing never any submissions always game like just to throw down and, and uh go out on his shield you know what i mean no matter what and i think the time off that he's been, uh, been taking recently fighting once a year it's very proper you know what i mean and i don't know if he does in fact like walk away for good maybe he does do a little bare knuckle or something or, bare knuckle or some regular boxing or i think he would fuck people up even though he's like what 42 now he could probably still compete and, uh, oh, yeah. and make it and fight some cool fights. I don't know if it's in the cards for him in his career right now, but Robbie Lawler's kind of had a pretty historic career, right? And then Rudy, that, what's your, I mean, your take on the career of Bob Lawler, man. Unbelievable, right? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, his fights with Rory were awesome. I loved his fight with Carlos Condit, Matt Brown, mm-hmm. and Johnny Hendricks. I mean, he's fought the who's who. I liked when he, yeah. he beat the shit out of Josh Koscheck. Yeah, um, I love that one the most. The Tim Kennedy yeah. fight. I mean, he lost that fight. It was a unanimous decision, but that was a, a great fight. I mean, he's had some fucking wars, bro. And I don't know. I, I don't see him doing anything else after this. Uh, at the press conference, he, he seemed a little emotional. 
Um, yeah. I I just I don't know, man. You can usually tell, man, on a guy, the guys, um, you know what they're what they're giving off, and he just wasn't he wasn't putting out those vibes, man. I think a sad fight for him was when he had to fuck up uh, way out of shape, Nick Diaz. But when they fought years ago, man, was that an epic time for welterweights? Like they don't make welterweights like they did with the Diaz at that time and Robbie Lawler. Like you mentioned, the Johnny Hendricks, Dear Me era. And Those were the days. Yeah, he yeah. He, lo- he lost to uh, Evan Tanner in UFC 50. I remember that shit. Evan Tanner, there's a friggin' name. Yeah, rest in peace, Evan. Yeah. See, fighting at UFC 50, and then here we are at UFC 290. Unbelievable. That's know? crazy, bro. Yeah. So he, he started off at uh, UFC 37 uh, back in oh, 2002. Yeah. So 20... Two years, Robbie Lawler has been in the game. Um, UFC 37, so that that's fucking insane. That was back before anybody was considered a real fight fan, right? <laughs> I was a, a real fight fan, bro, because I watched every single <laughs> UFC ever, um, starting with number one. Uh, yeah. we, I remember we would go to uh, to the to Blockbuster Video and all the video stores. We would call to all of them dude and try to get these mm. these videos and we would get stacks of them on the weekend and just drink and and party and watch fights all weekend dude just hours of it hours and it was crazy because you know we we wouldn't get them on pay-per-view we, we'd have to wait till they come out and we'd wait a couple of months and go get a couple of them and and watch them and it was it was like the coolest shit ever bro and now yeah, we get everything on demand yeah, because for sure those VHSs they're super rare these days too. I got I own a couple of them. I come across them every now and then when I go to like these uh, thrift stores and I, I take and it's like the price keeps going up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially for the really good ones. So, but um, yeah, VHSs. If you're listening to this show and you don't know what a VHS is, especially if it was UFC, hundred percent not a real fight fan. So you're too young if you don't know what a VHS is. <laughs> but if you know about the Bass Rutens, the Robbie Lawlers, the yeah. Jeez, what an what an era, man, and uh, what a yeah. historic career. Uh, Robbie Lawler will, all, I mean, he'll always have some involvement as a coach, I, I believe. But there may be some fun fights, where maybe he can just go out there and fucking make it interesting against Masvidal or fight fucking Anthony Pettis or something. You know I mean, boxing. And Robbie Lawler came in as a plus two ten underdog. Nico Price minus two sixty favorite right now. The odds are. <clears throat> Robbie Lawler's a yes yeah, plus two hundred minus two fifty favorite for Nico Price. So yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, man. Um, who do you got? Yeah, no, I think uh, Nico Price came off uh, what knee surgery when he fought Philip Rowe. Philip Rowe was just massive against him. You know what I mean? I don't think he he was uh, that prepared as far as his body and just jumping right back into a fight against a guy like that. I think he's a little bit more prepared now, a little bit more healthy. Robbie Lawler, of course, taking the time off. Uh, I think this is a gun, gun blazer fight, too. I think we're, getting, we're in for a treat, even on Robbie's last bout, given UFC 36 now to 290. I'm picking Robbie Lawler in the fight by decision. I think it'll be an absolute war. Yeah. Yeah. on top. I'd like to see him win, but I, I think Nico Price, I think he gets it done, bro. Um, his losses, like you said, that last fight against Phil Rowe, that was kind of unfair he beat alex olvera before that 
And before that, he he dropped a couple of decision losses. But this dude has always had had something, man. You know whether he's it's standing up or on the ground. Um, I I think he's going to submit Robbie Lawler. It's it's not going to come easy. I think it'll be a late submission, third round. Or what if Robbie Lawler flips the script completely and he goes out and submits uh, Nico uh, Price? I don't know, bro. Submission ever in the UFC. <laughs> I mean, his body language just didn't. It just I don't know. It didn't see seem to me like he wanted it. I, I want to see the uh, the face offs, but still, yeah, I don't think it's going to change my decision much. No, Robbie Lawler for sure, and I think, uh, yeah, Nico Price is going to make it a dog fight, man. I love Nico Price fights too, for sure. But moving on, on the main card, kicking off the main card, uh, we ain't getting Treshawn Gore. We're getting Valentine Woodburn against the GOAT, Bo Nickel. What are the odds? Minus 2,500, right, you said, Rudy? Yeah, this is the first time in UFC history uh, a fighter's you know odds open up at a minus 25, huge favorite. Yeah. Plus twelve hundred underdog for Val Woodburn. Right now, it's it's kind of tightened up a little. Bull Nichols minus two thousand, and Val Woodburn's a plus one thousand underdog. No way in hell Val wins this fight. Um, I mean, his, his last two fights, they can't, they were unanimous uh, decision, unanimous decision wins against you know nobodies, you know. Um, and Bo Nickel, bro. And he, and not to mention, he's he's coming in on like what a fucking week's notice or some shit. Yeah, he's a smaller guy, a lot smaller guy. He's he's five eight. Bo Nickel six one. Um, this dude stands no fucking chance. Yeah, and I, I hate to say that I do I do agree hundred percent, Rudy. But I think like his body type because he's like a like a fire hydrant type deal. Like some of those guys are hard to take down, but you're going up against like one of the best wrestlers to ever transition to the UFC. And a guy that's like, I mean, if, if he does, well, Bo Nickel's got a little bit of pressure on him to finish the fight early. I mean, a lot of his fights don't even see a second round, but yeah. Woodburn may have some crazy fucking shot. Maybe he does hurt Bo, but then still gets like tapped out and fucking dominated. You know what I mean? So uh, I think Woodburn may may land a couple licks, but fucking Bo Nickel all the way, 100%, man. And the next fight Same we got, what, Dan GSP Hooker versus Jalen the spider turtler turtler turner <laughs> <laughs> wow i mean dan hooker man like he went from almost pretty much being in title talks with that dog fight i'll never forget with uh dustin poirier and now he's fighting a young, a young up-and-coming killer in jalen turner who just recently fought like the very best guy like one of the guys your boy rudy and gamrock and mm. a lot of people thought he won the fight you know what i mean it was yeah close. i thought he won that fight and I think Jalen Turner is at a point in his career where, like, yeah, this Dan Hooker fight's a very a, a good test for him. Um, hopefully Dan is coming in at his best because, like, Jalen Turner is a finisher. I, I, I envision just I, I see Dan Hooker getting choked out, man, like in the first round, maybe a second. But uh, Turner is going for the kill. And I know Hooker is looking to get back on track, but this is a dangerous fight with the, the – uh, Mr. Jalen Turner, I cannot pick against him. Not at all. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not picking against Jalen Turner. He's a he opened up at a minus two forty favorite, plus two one ninety underdog. Right now, yeah, not too different. Minus two eighty five favorite and a plus two twenty five underdog for Dan Hooker. Um, this is definitely. I don't know. I wouldn't say a lock, but I'm making it a lock for me. 
Jalen Turner. Yeah, the fight itself, the way it got booked, I, I see why because they're very close in ranking. But it's like a guy in Dan Hooker that's an aging a veteran OG and a hungry up and coming killer that Dan Hooker once was. But it's a crossroads fight for Dan, and he's got a lot of his boys on the card. They're riding heavy, flying across the world to Vegas to showcase uh, International Fight Week. But uh, yeah, Jalen Turner, man, he's a he's a killer. That Gamrot fight, fucking run it back in the future, you know. Uh, moving on, the main card, uh, feature fight of the night, DDP, Drakus Duplessis against Robert Bobby Knuckles Whitaker. Super necessary, number one contender bout. Man, very this close off. Is, to be is no, Whitaker it, a heavy favorite or no? Yeah, he's he's a, a huge favorite, minus 400. Uh, Drakus yeah, Duplessis is a plus 300 underdog, and rightfully so. Um I think this is a, a huge step up in in competition and yeah yeah I mean I think it's it's too quick in my opinion but what do I know um, I think Robert you know Whitaker why. Robert Whitaker's just kind of gonna have his way man I mean this dude was a freaking champion um, mm-hmm. and yeah it's hard to put this guy away man really hard to put this guy away he lost a unanimous decision. To the champ, Israel Adesanya. I don't think Drikus is on that level. Although this dude hits like a fucking Mack truck, and he'll keep he'll keep coming. I just don't think he has it in him to to go five rounds yeah. with somebody that can pick you apart. I yeah, it's not even a question. I, I got Robert Whitaker winning this fight. Who do you think is going to shoot first, Rudy? I'm sure it's going to stay standing for a lot of it. Uh, it's it's probably going to be Whitaker. I think Whitaker's a, a smart fighter. Um, he's not going to stand there and, and try to take unnecessary damage when he knows he, he's got an advantage on the ground. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to get crafty, I think, in this fight. I don't know why. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, they're both, like, their styles, it's a great styles matchup. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Duplass, he, we, we heard about, like, he had a... What do you call it? Operation on his—he he couldn't breathe. Basically, he was breathing out of his mouth for fucking half his career. So mm-hmm. that's a new unlocked uh, character, you know, breathing uh, DDP. So I don't know how much it's going to play in the fight. Like where, hey, he's going to have to go to deep waters though with Whitaker. I don't see—I don't see this fight actually ending on either side. But there may be some crazy circumstance where Duplessis may, in fact, be able to be the one to put a fucking stamp on it. And uh, put Whitaker away, and then call out Izzy because I think he'd have to fight. catch him really, yeah. really off guard to really kind of really put him away to get one step closer to Izzy. But Bobby Knuckles is not someone that's going to be easy to put away, though. Either he'll be on on my alternate bet bet slip. Yeah, I will pick uh, Drakus Duplessis for a big time upset and um, calls okay. out Israel Adesanya, and they have to snuff Sean Strickland. Like I want to see fight. him win, so he like fights Izzy. But obviously, I'm probably going to go for Bobby Knuckles. But I do want to see Duplessis kind of win, just so I can see him face Izzy. But I think it's way too soon to face Izzy. It's already too soon to face Bobby. So you know what I mean. But in a big statement uh, finish of Whitaker, he gets the shot, and I know that's oh, yeah, definitely sure. everything he's been working for. This is his biggest fight, and I don't know, man. Like it may be, it's it might be a changing of the guard because I mean, if Whitaker wins. I mean, yeah, that's still a big fight, and Sydney uh, run it back with Izzy. But I have a, a, just a strange feeling that uh, DDP comes out shining like a diamond and fucking you know, like a South African diamond. You know what I mean? So that'd be good for but, him, though. Yeah, hell of a notch yeah. on his belt. 
Yeah, but Whitaker's made a steal, previous champ, one of the best to ever do it. Um, very cool fight. Very cool fight at their uh, point of their careers because uh, DDP's on the rise. Whitaker's the Whitaker's in his way in the biggest fight of his career. So, hmm. yeah. Now for and the I don't, event. I don't know why. Uh, well, okay, they had it wrong on a topology. <laughs> they had uh, Whitaker and DDP as a 205. I don't know why it had 205 on it, but definitely 185 fight. But co-main event, Brandon Moreno, he's finally not fighting Davidson Figueredo after 18 <laughs> fights straight. So uh, I've been waiting for this fight for a while. Alessandre Pantoja, super legit. He's been waiting in the winks for how long now, Rudy? Three years to get this fight, right? Yeah, it's been a while, man. Almost three years, yeah, just about. And he's been beating everybody with ease, too. Didn't he choke out, like, Brandon Royval, like, nothing, too, right? Or who yeah. did he smoke? Yeah, it was submission. And Alex see, Perez. Well, Brandon Royval's the backup fighter for this oh, is he? matchup. Yeah, so I don't I don't get he's that. But I kind of get it. Now. Yeah, because, I mean, Pantoja is just running through everybody and just, like, you know, coming to work, putting it out there, waiting around. Because Figueredo and, and Moreno, man, they had an epic you know, four fight lineup there where that's always going to mm-hmm. go down in history. But man, Pantoja's got the two previous wins. Uh, both guys are fighting at the peak of their careers, right? Like this is there's yeah. not a bad time for these guys to fight. So, um, but Brandon Moreno, man, I have I've had I've been terrible picking against him. I, I kind of <laughs> want to pick him here, but you know, man, like I just have a feeling Pantoja's got his number. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. So. That's the thing. Does he have his number, or will Moreno finally get that win over him? I got Brandon Moreno, man. Well, if he does, like, I mean, if Brandon beats him, there could be a fourth fight. Like, there could be, like, six more, you know, Pantoja, Moreno, six, you know, fuck. But I don't know. I I just have a feeling Pantoja's got his number. Brandon Moreno is very top-notch. He's a humble guy. Very proud uh, Mexican fighter. Uh, fights his ass off, man. Like, his fights are always super legit. Um, I don't want to pick against him. I love Brandon Moreno, but I'm picking Alexandre Pantoja to take the belt. I'm going Moreno. <laughs> I know Rob would have Moreno, so I'm the How only... long do you think it's going to go, though? Is it going to go the full five rounds, or do you think it's going to be a stoppage? No, I think it'd be like a third round, fourth round. No, actually, it could. Like, if he's going to win, uh, I think Pantoja wins quick and under two. But if if uh, Moreno wins, it could it could be like a fourth round. He submits Pantoja, you know what I mean, type deal. But, but I don't think the judges will be needed in this fight. But Pantoja submission, third round. But moving on to the main event of the evening. Uh, the Alexander the Great, he only got two questions at the presser. That's how lame that whack ass presser was against. I didn't watch it, so <laughs> unifying the belts. Jair Rodriguez, absolute savage, just total killer. Uh, last time we seen him against Josh Hemmett, that was his only submission of his career, and he made easy work of Josh Hemmett. Uh, went for the kill, fucking those leg kicks, those body kicks, absolutely nasty. Uh-huh. Um, he's unpredictable, man, and. Volkanovski's a little short dude, you know what I mean? He could get caught with a head kick. Uh, I was going to handle those kicks, though, you know what I mean? Like, how is Volkan to handle those kicks? That's the big question. Because those kicks are not going to be fun at all. 
Yeah, especially if it's the body kicks too, man. Because we've seen Yair in dog fights too, like uh, when he fought Max. Like that's when Yair, like I, I've been a fan of him, you know, since he was you know training at Jackson Wink. Like a lot of like the media have been talking about the old Jackson Wink days, but Yair's had an amazing journey to where he's got to now. Um, I remember when he fought what Frankie Edgar just like stacked him up and broke his orbital bone, and he, I remember he said that since that day he would never allow that to happen, and since then he has been a total stud. And the fight with Josh Emmett just kind of was like, you know, Yair's here to stay. And he's been through a lot, man. Like, his journey is amazing. And him beating the pound-for-pound pound King Volkanovski, jeez, man, like, unbelievable. He's got some confidence going in, too, though. Like, he said that he wants he's going to knock out Volk, and then he's going to go up and beat Islam. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's some confidence. It's like, it's hard to, you know, go against that. It's like, damn, even I'm almost convinced. With that almost. confidence, though, Rudy, though, you think that uh, – Volkanovski's still that guy that's just like takedowns, right? I think. I think. I think he's still that guy. I think he. I think he. Uh, I think he beat Islam, bro. Um, he's a minus four thirty-five heavy favorite, plus three twenty-five underdog for Yair Rodriguez. I, I think Volk, you know, walks away with it, decision win. Um, I mean, I, I love Yair Rodriguez, but. You know, Volk is on another level, bro. That dude is just insane. Yeah, it's lots of pressure on both fighters, but I think they both, like, Volk is just, it's like another day at the office, man. He's always on the big stage. Um, Most of the time he fights guys, he makes them super uncomfortable and makes them know that it's going to be a war and he's not going anywhere. Like, look at the fight with T-City. Anybody else in the world was tapped to that fucking, you know, the rear naked choke there. Oh, yeah. But Yair's fight, like I referred uh, with um, Max Holloway, like that was legit, man. Like I thought he almost won the fight, and I know they were both fucked up. You know what I mean? So Yair's down to go to war. He's got that experience. So both one of the best to ever do it. This is very proper, like in the time of their careers, because it's like Yair's talking, moving weight classes. So is Volk. We'll see, man. But I, I have a feeling if Yair, well, I have a feeling this is going to be the first of like. You know, two two fights, three fights. Both these guys will see each other again. No, for and sure. My pick, my pick is Alexander Volkanovsky, baby. Yep. When you hear the down under, the speakers, the final walkout. Well, it's going to be epic too to hear. Uh, uh, what's the song that Yair walks out to? The, the Mexican song, but it'll be epic. There's a lot of Mexican people in Vegas, so they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Say Moreno wins and Yair wins, like oh, they'll blow the top off T-Mobile, but nothing oh, yeah. like nothing like the Connor days. But still, the Mexicans are definitely out there uh, representing, you know. But uh, I have a feeling Pantoja silences the crowd, and then both goes out there and just I don't know, man. I'm picking against the Mexicans. I'm racist, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's an epic night of fights. Uh, International Fight Week does have. I don't know, it's not the feeling that it once was, like, we're missing, like, Connor prancing around, like, throwing money, or I don't know what we're missing, but uh, the presser sucked ass, And but I know these fights are truly, like, you know, necessary for all the fighters that are on the card at the point in their career. Up-and-comers, killers like Bo Nickel, uh, Robert Whitaker, DDP, high stakes, so history will be made, boys, just like how it's always been, like, I, I mean, I always call it, history's gonna be made, but Volk, and still. Wait, Robert yeah. just messaged in the <clears> chat. <throat> well, 
Robert A. Mickey. Mitchell. take the decision. It's going to be a long war of a fight, and I feel like Yair's going to have the first two rounds, and then Volk's just going to take over for the next three. Man. I feel like he's well, going to rock Volk early, though. He's going to he's gonna catch him with those kicks, and Volk's going to feel it, but Volk's going to overcome them, and he's going to fucking just bam, get him. But it's going to be a great five-round fight. We're going to be entertained. Well, that should do it for episode number 179. Uh, Robert, unfortunately, was a- wasn't was able to join us. Emmett, well, it's 3, 4 in the morning for Emmett, so we'll yeah. catch you next time, brother. But it's been a fun show, some epic fights, some great chat on a Thursday night. Um, for all the latest combat sports news around the world, around the clock, go to fightbookmma.com. Shout out to anybody that's watching and or listening live. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, look us up, sitting ringside, Fightbook MMA for all our previous episodes uh, and audio platform. Check us out there, uh, social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Follow us there. Like, subscribe, share, hit us up. Uh, As always, myself, Dave Rodriguez, Roberto Aljefe, we missed you tonight. Rudy Lara, producer at hand, Mark Ambu up north. We are sitting ringside, episode 179. We out. Enjoy the fights. History will be made.